welcome. My name is Brian Treneman. I am the director of the DAD Information Center in Malaysia. And with me, like last week and all previous weeks, is uh, Itzad Idros, our senior consultant at the Information Center here in uh, Malaysia. It's you are an alumnus who has studied at the University of Applied Sciences in Offenburg. You studied uh, process and environmental engineering in Offenburg. And uh, you, therefore, are very experienced uh, with uh, studying in Germany and what it means to be educated in Germany uh, for your tertiary education. And uh, But you've also been uh, living in Germany uh, before as a child, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, when I was much younger. Uh, so my father was actually working for Tourism Malaysia. And my family was based in Frankfurt for about three years between... Uh, I think it was 1998 until, mm -hmm. um, yeah, 1999, wait, something okay. like that, yeah. <laughs> and your experiences um, as a child living in Germany, uh, was that also one of the factors that uh, made the decision for you to go back to Germany and study there? Oh, definitely, yes. Um, it's because I could learn the language when I was in primary school, so that made mm -hmm. life a lot easier and I also got used to the German uh, living style. Um, mm -hmm. So it was always my goal to eventually go back to Germany for my higher education. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so you joined um, our DAD Information Center um, uh, in, in Malaysia in 2018. Um, could you briefly explain what the DAD is? Yes, I can. All right. So the DAAD, it's the Deutsche Akademische Austauschdienst. And uh, in English, it's actually the German Academic Exchange Service. So our job is really just to give as much free, unbiased information to students as possible. Um, yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. we are also the largest scholarship giver worldwide, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Brian. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The DAD is the biggest funding organization worldwide for academic uh, collaboration and mobility with an annual budget of uh, more than an half a billion euros, 549 million euros in uh, 2019. And... Um, uh, we are the biggest funding organization worldwide and the DAD is, is a non-government organization and as you it's mentioned, um, we give out information um, uh, entirely for free. We don't have any monetary interest um, and when we are promoting a study and research in Germany, it's for the sole purpose to cater um, or to, to, to nurture for, for the um, visions and mission of the DAD to bring the world together and to build bridges between the cultures um, and between academics. And uh, this is by um, recruiting also talents from all around the world to come to Germany and um, to network with universities, with faculties, with individual researchers, um, and uh, by this to get to know each other. And uh, therefore, also in the long run, actually, to surmount conflicts around the world and helping um, other countries actually establishing um, their own tertiary education uh, system uh, to um, a high level, preferably, and uh, through the expertise that the DAD is holding um, in in its headquarters in Bonn, uh, but also in the uh, in the network outside in various countries. So we have um, uh, more than fifty um, information centers worldwide, and more than five hundred DAAD lecturers um, in various countries uh, at university universities teaching um, German um, studies, German language and linguistics, uh, or, or um, German as a foreign language. Yep. Um, it's why should anyone listen to us and to our <laughs> podcast? Uh, besides our very excellent uh, radio-like voices, Brian. We've been <laughs> told you that keep on saying this every week and yeah, I, I, start, I start to believe it. <laughs> it's, it's true though. Ever since we started mm. doing our clubhouse sessions, uh, a lot of people have written to me privately saying, mm. you and your boss, you both should really start your own radio show or something. Your voices are so calming. Um, so. Lovely feedback, <laughs> which we did. Actually, we, we started Clubhouse and uh, now we're producing our podcast. And let's see where we can take it from here. Exactly. Uh, well, besides that, I think um, uh, the the points we mentioned before about the DAD that, you know, we give that unbiased and free information about studying in Germany. I think that's one of the main pulling points. And also the topics which we're covering right now, it's um, it goes pretty deep and it's also light and uh, witty as well. And I think we provide an entertaining way of uh, finding out about studying and research in Germany.
Mm, yeah, so hopefully it's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do this by um, having also a segment, True or False, where we challenge each other, which is something we um, come to uh, later on in our program. And uh, we also look into um, a cultural aspects of what it means to, to live in Germany, what the German culture is all about, and what kind of German behavior you can encounter as a foreign student or foreign researcher going to Germany for the first time. So therefore, we also hope that our podcast is also interesting maybe also for professionals who consider um, going to Germany and make a living over there um, because we we also uh, look really into what it means to, to live abroad in Germany in uh, particular definitely so yes. mm-hmm. our topic um, for today is uh, let me just uh, scroll down um, is pivoting around the expenses, what it means um, to to go to Germany, how much does it cost, what are the term fees, insurances, um, the cost of living uh, we are going to look into, uh, what kind of scholarships are available um, and uh, what uh, it's all about with this blocked account somebody of you maybe already heard about um, in order to get your, your visa and um, whether you as a student um, are allowed to work while studying in Germany. So we will look into this um, and then yep. later on we come to our segment, uh, true or false fun facts about uh, Germany and uh, see who is going to be the master of today. I think last <laughs> week you won against me, didn't you? Uh, it was a tie, actually. Oh, uh, it was a tie. Yes. The one before that, I finally won. But uh, last oh, okay. week's one was a tie, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Which is the, the most beautiful result, actually, of a competition. <laughs> if uh, you you have the desire, like myself, actually, to have, have everything in harmony continuously. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so um, maybe... Um, um we can we can dive directly into our first topic of today which is how much does it really cost to go to germany and um maybe we can start actually with with the term fees uh, the tuition fees that you will encounter in germany in general so um this will be the first question i'll address to you it's um uh, what are the term fees or the tuition fees that you as a student going to germany uh, need to expect Okay, so the wonderful and amazing thing about Germany is that when it comes to German universities, even if you're an international student, usually it's going to be free. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you go off to any of the public universities, uh, you can actually see that uh, for bachelors, for your master's, and even your PhD, there there tends to be almost no tuition fees. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, however, you know, some, uh, there's one state right now, the state of Baden-Württemberg, so that's uh, the, the state that which I studied in. Uh, mm-hmm. They do have tuition fees, though. Uh, that one is going to be about uh, 1,500 euros per semester, or mm-hmm. it's about 3,000 euros per year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it's still a reasonable price if you um, compare it actually with, with other um, countries. Um, and bear in mind, this, this is the only state in, in uh, Germany at the moment. Uh, which is imposing um, tuition fees for international students. We need to be uh, also a little bit further precise here in this matter. So um, Germans um, uh, studying in the state of Baden-Württemberg don't have to um, pay anything, uh, but international students are requested uh, to pay €1,500 per semester. Still a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Um, and the benefit for uh, um, for this uh, would be actually that the, the money doesn't stay uh, with the state of Baden-Württemberg, but is really... Um, reallocated to the universities individually and uh, they usually use um, uh, this extra budget that they receive from international students to um, increase their their services for international students through a welcome center um, and uh, through um, high levels of services by Mm -hmm. um, um, employing further staff who is taking care of um, international students in particular but still if you if you say well 1,000 500 uh, euro per semester is still too much for me. You have 15 other states <laughs> in Germany uh, to choose from. So um, there are uh, numerous alternatives out there. Um, but both of us, uh, you've been living in, in uh, uh, Baden-Württemberg for your studies. I've been also living in Karlsruhe in the state of mm. Baden-Württemberg. So we, we both are big fans of, uh, I suppose <laughs> we both are. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful state. So yes. it's, it's really, really a lovely state actually to consider. Very true. Um, or, I mean, alternatively, um, uh, our DAD headquarters is based in Bonn, which is uh-huh. right beside uh, Cologne, 
or Köln. Mm-hmm. And that's also a very beautiful region of Germany as well, I think. Um, yes, of course, yes. of course. We have many beautiful regions, um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the, the south is um, is uh, very beautiful, I'd say, from my personal perspective. But of course, the north uh, also has got its own charms. Uh, the state of Nordrhein-Westfalen is uh, a very vibrant state. And in the east, you have beautiful cities uh, and also states, actually, uh, to consider. So we're not here to promote uh, one particular state in uh, particular. But we have to admit that we're a little bit biased. <laughs> from, from our personal experience living in Baden-Württemberg. Or Very there. true, Brian, yes. Okay, so no uh, tuition fees, uh, but uh, I th- I think you still have to to pay some some fees for each semester, don't yes, you? Yes, you do. Uh, there is actually something called the semester fee. Um, so these aren't tuition fees, but these are, this is, these are fees which everybody has to pay regardless if mm-hmm. you're an international student or if you're a German student. Yeah. And from what I've heard from other German students is that the tuition fees will range between 50 euros all the way up to 300 euros. Yeah. Uh, and this is really dependent on the university itself. So these fees, they, they actually do help um, pay, subsidize quite a number of things, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What do you get back for, for your fees that you have to pay usually? Uh, usually as a student there, um, I think the, the food in the cafeteria tends to be subsidized. So you get, it tends to be a lot cheaper than what you'd be paying outside. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, there's uh, something called the semester ticket. Mm-hmm. So the semester ticket is something which is a huge benefit to many students. Uh, and what happens there is that either you will get free public transport for your region in Germany mm-hmm. or you'll get a subsidized uh, monthly ticket that you have to pay for for the tr- public transport. But in most cases, in many of the big university cities, it's it's practically free uh, public transport for you. Mm, yes, absolutely right. And um, in addition to this, uh, one um, segment of your fees uh, per semester that you have to pay goes into your um, social security. Uh, so with this, um, your your future pension um, will be uh, paid uh, partially. And also, um, if you happen to, to be um, unemployed after your studies, which is not too uh, likely, then... Um, this is also covered by by your uh, fees that you pay um, every semester. Oh. And how about the um, the insurance? Or maybe maybe um, one aspect actually that uh, we definitely should highlight. Uh, you also mentioned the semester ticket uh, mm-hmm. that you um, um, get uh, as a student. What does it mean exactly? So the semester ticket it's uh, it's basically this uh, free oh, it's like a free transport ticket for uh, mm-hmm. uh, trains, buses. Um, all of those type of things in your region in Germany. Mm-hmm. So I remember last time as a student in Germany, what you'll notice is that um, your accommodation, uh, th- that will be the strongest uh, factor in your monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. And if you stay further out of the city, of course, uh, your accommodation prices, your rental prices will start to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of students, they tend to stay outside of the big cities. They stay in the mm-hmm. suburbs and they will just take the train or they'll take the bus to the university. Mm. Uh, so this is what the semester ticket helps to cover then. Yes, yes. So so th- these are um, the two options, um, staying inside the city and then maybe in, in walking distance or you have a bicycle. And if you don't know how to ride the bicycle, uh, there are many beautiful stories actually um, also promoted by the universities uh, who have uh, bicy- bicycle classes actually <laughs> for international students um, who have never been riding a bicycle and to do it uh, for the first time actually then, then in Germany. For a student, a bicycle is, is uh, the most common um, means of transportation usually i don't know how it was in in, in your city where you lived um, but in cologne of course where everything is flat uh, that was the absolute standard did you have a bicycle when you were in germany as a student i learned how to ride a bicycle in germany I, yes one of the I stories <laughs> yes one of those stories that yes uh, so i learned how to ride a bicycle in germany i was 21 years old i think Exciting. When I finally learned how to ride a bicycle, yes, and I uh-huh. scraped okay. my knees a few times, fell down a few times, but okay. uh, eventually you learn how to ride it. And I remember um, the first bicycle I got was a Damenrad, so it was mm-hmm. a, a female bicycle or a bicycle for, for women. And uh, I had no idea that there were different types of bicycles, you know, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love that bike, yeah. And yeah. W- what made it um, a Damenrad? Oh, okay. So a Damenrad or a female bicycle, it's the one where the, the center pipe um, mm-hmm. 
it swoops downwards so that if you're a woman way back when, uh, you could actually wear your skirt and you wouldn't have to flip your leg over the bike exposing yourself. Mm -hmm. You could mm -hmm. just slide right onto the bicycle. And yes, that's the it, difference exactly. between. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very comfortable actually to, to get on and off especially when when you're not like like yourself previously so secure riding a bicycle so then then it's also um, a good safety measure actually maybe to start with uh, with a lady's bicycle yep. and do you also have a basket on on your bicycle in the front or in the back that's <laughs> usually one one appliance actually that every uh, female uh, a lady's bicycle usually has yeah i had a i had a basket on the front um okay and this is a tip actually to any uh, students or any potential students listening in if you want to buy a relatively good but cheap bicycle uh, most of the train stations in germany um, because people tend to forget their bicycles at the train station or they leave it there um, mm -hmm. they actually have this um, auction so they will auction off all of the old bicycles left at the train stations and you can get a very good quality cheap bicycle at a low price Oh, that's a very good tip. Absolutely. And if you're a little bit more into bicycles, uh, the next option to, to buy a used bicycle will then be eBay. Uh, we're not endorsing uh, this web page in particular, <laughs> but um, compared to Malaysia, um, eBay is, uh, is, uh, is a huge uh, um, a platform. Uh, where basically everybody is um, selling uh, his secondhand uh, stuff uh, or buying secondhand stuff. And um, uh, compared to Malaysia, maybe uh, the big difference is uh, people are very, very cautious about what they post, uh, about also about the quality of uh, of the items they are selling, um, because the reputation um, is important. And um, if somebody has gotten a low rating by other uh, buyers, then um, you can't sell anything anymore um, on, on eBay. So yep. you can really rely on uh, on what the people are promoting there uh, for their items that they, they want to sell. And uh, I don't know how many thousands of bicycles are for sale every day there. Um, of course, uh, you should look in, into uh, um, your region to find a bicycle there, but, but it's also very easy. I bought, uh, I think, two or three bicycles already when I was living in Germany uh, through mm. eBay and never had an issue with it. So that would be the, the next option. Exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, transportation is one aspect. You already mentioned um, uh, um, uh, your accommodation is usually the biggest chunk in your uh, in your cost of living. Um, if you go to Germany for the first time, what are your options? How do you find accommodation in Germany? Uh, if you, uh, your number one option would be to contact your international office at the university. They mm -hmm. tend to be the ones which help all international students find a place to stay. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Uh, the moment I got my offer letter from the German university, I uh, contacted the international office and told them, hey, I'm an international student coming to Germany for the first time. Can you please help me out? Uh, and then they found me a place to stay. Uh, they gave me a few options and asked me, do you want a two-bedroom uh, apartment or would you want to have a one-bedroom apartment and so on and so forth? And of course, if you took the one-bedroom apartment, you're paying a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, so I chose the one with, uh, I think I shared it with uh, two other people. So it was a three-bedroom uh, apartment, part of the student hostels. And um, it was a shared unit. So there were two uh, new friends that I made over there. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so the university usually, um, they, um, they help international students uh, to find um, acc um, accommodation uh, coming to Germany for, for the first time. And as you mentioned, usually it's uh, also in the Studentenwohnheim, uh, so the student flats. Um, it's um, also shared, but it's a great opportunity actually for you to, to get to know other students and uh, to really start friendship um, uh with with them with your fellow students or i mean they don't need to be actually uh usually they at your university also studying at your university but not necessarily the same subject um what was your situation were these fellow students of yours um one of them was in uh, electronical engineering and the other one mm -hmm. was in my subject but she mm -hmm. was two semesters over me so uh, she shared me a few tips and tricks about how to study for which examination and so on mm -hmm. yeah. oh that's that's very convenient isn't yes. it yes uh, uh -huh. it's really good because you 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 know you branch outside of your comfort zone and you you're forced to mix and mingle with uh, german students or international students and mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it takes you a long way actually yeah yeah very nice. Um, 
So um, um, a student flat is is the first option. The next one is, of course, uh, you can uh, also look into the papers um, and see whether you find um, accommodation on on the um, private market. Um, usually, also shared accommodation where um, students are looking for um, for new students coming in because one of one of their um, uh, of the other students moved out because they, they changed city or, or maybe concluded their studies and then um, they have one room uh, to rent out. Um, but we need to mention actually at this point that accommodation is is a tough um, um, topic in Germany because the housing situation is much more tense than uh, here in Malaysia where oh, yes. you can you can find accommodation uh, within one day and this is necessarily not the situation in Germany. Germany, especially when you are living in a smaller city uh, where you have a, um, a quite a big city, uh, sorry, quite a big university, and uh, the um, student population in in uh, relation to to the general uh, population is quite big, and then accommodation is is really a problem, and sometimes um, it. Uh, um, causes dire situations for new students um, where the city is trying to help those students um, <laughs> up to the extent that they opened up rooms in in old folks homes uh, trying new concepts actually just to make sure the uh, the new students get some kind of accommodation because the situation is so severe sometimes and um, please uh, keep this in mind when you when you go to Germany to look out for accommodation in time exactly. we also have um, um, the DAD has already um, set up actually a service um, uh -huh. addressing this this point. I think we also have it on our website somewhere, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Exactly, Brian. Uh, so if you actually go off to our website, which is daad-malaysia.org, uh, you can actually go under living in Germany. And one mm -hmm. of the main points is uh, finding a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And once you click on that link, it actually takes you off to the uh, DAD website, which helps you find a place to stay. And they have a list of all the different cities and you can see what type of student accommodations are available in those cities. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's that's a um, second uh, topic here on, on that uh, particular site, living in Germany, um, finding a place to stay. And the DAD, our headquarter, has set up an entire portal actually for this topic because we know uh, this is a challenge. So um, visit our website, as uh, it's already mentioned, um, dad-malaysia.org, and then um, you will find it quite easily. We have an entire um, um, uh, segment, one site actually, dedicated to, to this particular topic, living in Germany. Everyday tips about Germany, finding a place, um, even studying with a child, if, if that would be your situation, um, or studying with a disability. Because in Germany, um, we um, have a strong focus on inclusion, meaning that um, it's in, completely independent of your background, uh, what your, uh, whether you have any disabilities um, or whether you come with a child or what kind of ethnic background you have. Uh, we want uh, to give uh, equal opportunities to um, each individual to be able to study in Germany. Very true. Okay, what, what else is um, uh, well, needs to be addressed actually in terms of your cost of living in Germany? Uh, on top of that one also comes the insurances. So of course insurance mm -hmm. in Germany is compulsory. That means everybody regardless of if you're a student or if you're a worker in Germany, uh, you need to have insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now um, there's actually a few insurance uh, companies available online as well. Uh, in fact, one of the blocked accounts which I tend to advise students to choose from is uh, Fintiva. Of course, we're not mm -hmm. linked to this bank or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into blocked accounts shortly after this. But uh, mm -hmm. Fintiva Bank, they also uh, sell insurance online. Okay. Uh, yeah. So what I advise students to do is uh, when you apply for your student visa in here in Malaysia, you actually need to have proof of insurance and also proof of the blocked account. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you go through Fintiva or any of the other blocked accounts, they also tend to have insurance uh, provided as well. Uh, you get to kill two birds with one stone. So mm -hmm. while you sign up for your blocked account, you also get your insurance and you can send that into the German embassy and use that as proof. 
Yes, yes. And it's absolutely advisable, actually, to, to go for the German options of insurances um, because they are all comprehensive um, insurances and they are also obliged, actually, to accept you with any uh, kind of uh, precondition. Um, you are obliged, actually, to have an insurance in, in Germany as a student, uh, but with this insurance, um, you are fully covered, no matter what, uh, uh, what is happening. Uh, while I found, actually, when I came to Malaysia the first time in 2006 <laughs> and then also got insurance, uh, that... Uh, insurances they have the tendency actually to to take you in uh, enjoying uh, your your fees um, but if you really have something then uh, and it becomes too expensive for them I think they also have the option to to kick you out after one year <laughs> or not not to uh, to continue with with the contract and uh, to have certain restrictions and this is not something that is happening in Germany so Very the true. Uh, the insurances are, um, as I mentioned, comprehensive um, insurances. Everything is covered. Uh, you don't have to f uh, fear about any kind of uh, extra um, expenses uh, occurring to you. You can go to um, any doctor. You can go to any clinic. Um, and um, uh, there's no bill that you need to pay first and then uh, get reimbursed by your insurance. Everything is handled by the insurances between uh, the doctors, uh, respectively the hospitals. So it's also very hassle-free for you to be insured in Germany. Mm -hmm. Very true, yeah. And that came in handy after I had my first bicycle accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was knocked unconscious and I had Seriously? no idea. Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh my, oh uh, my. Lucky thing, I wore my helmet, which is also compulsory in Germany. Um, I was just about to ask. It sounded like and, you didn't uh, when wear I woke a helmet, but, but you managed to <laughs> knock yourself unconscious with the helmet. That's quite impressive. Yes. Yeah, I, I knocked into the back axle of another bicycle that was... Uh, okay stopped perpendicular at a traffic light and uh, mm -hmm. he breaks suddenly and in turn his bicycle perpendicular to the direction I was going in. Oh, I knocked I into his back axle, flipped over uh -huh. and the next thing <gasps> I knew was I was in the ambulance. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Was that serious? My yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, just imagine how smart you would be today without this accident. I mean, you're already smart, but just without the accident, maybe twice as smart. Who maybe, knows? maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's maybe also another good thing actually about Germany that I really enjoy. Um, usually, the um, the ambulance uh, will be there within not more than ten minutes. Uh, that's uh, at least my experience. Uh, so if you call an ambulance, and everyone can can call an ambulance anywhere uh, in in Germany, uh, they are there within a couple of minutes. So uh, you don't need to wait for, for very long. If, if it's, a, of course, a severe accident, uh, yep. then uh, they, they will come immediately and uh, bring you to the hospital um, straight away. It's, it's, uh, uh, the health system in Germany is, is working pretty well, I would, I would say. I don't know. Very maybe, true. Maybe you can also share your experience with your, with your bicycle accident. Uh, well, after I woke up, it was handled. Everything was done by my insurance company. Um, mm -hmm. So I woke up and then they said, don't worry about it. Even the person who I knocked into, even their bicycle was then covered by the insurance company as well. Mm -hmm. So any repairs, anything that had to be done was all done by them. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I didn't have to lift a, a single finger, honestly. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, same also with uh, with car insurances. Um, uh, if you if you have an accident, then everything is going to be handled by by the insurance. Of course, there will, there will be uh, maybe there, there's police uh, involved, and they will uh, then write the report about the accident, or you do it yourself. Um, but then afterwards, you you don't hear anything about uh, it anymore by the insurances. It's quite hassle free compared to here to Malaysia, and even to the extent that um, when you choose the, the proper insurance, uh, that you get a rental car in the meantime. Um, and uh, so you're you're uh, fully covered and actually on on the convenient side actually uh, while I find it sometimes a little <laughs> bit tedious and uh, also expensive uh, to have a car accident here in Malaysia and uh, uh, oh yes <laughs> speaking only about the time actually that you lose on the, on the police station to to file the report is, <laughs> is already taking a lot of time and then uh, Oh, let's not get yes. into <laughs> <laughs> um, You already mentioned um, a blocked account. What, what is this all about? All right. So the blocked accounts, uh, that's actually one of the ways that you can prove that you have enough money to sustain yourself in Germany. So mm -hmm. these are one of the financial documents that the German embassy would like to see from you. Uh, mm -hmm. There's three ways which you can prove that you have enough money to support yourself in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, the first way and optimally is if you have a scholarship, for example, from the DAAD. Uh, mm -hmm. You can lay that down as proof to the German embassy saying that you have enough money to support yourself. Uh, the second option is what my family did. 
so my parents went along with me to the German embassy. They brought along their bank statements and also their pay slips. Mm-hmm. And the German embassy then calculated, okay, at the end of the day or at the end of the month, uh, do your parents have enough money to support you? And if they do, then they have to sign a form saying that they are obligated to support you doing your studies in Germany. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, which has now become very preferable uh, by the German embassy, is by opening up something called a blocked account. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this blocked account is this online account, uh, this online bank account, which you open here in Malaysia or wherever you are in the world. And all you have to do is after you've opened up the blocked account, you have to transfer money from your Malaysian bank account into this blocked account. Mm-hmm. And the amount that you have to transfer is enough to support you for one year of mm-hmm. studying in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now it's about 10,000, about 10,500 euros, somewhere, somewhere around that amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, um, how, how exactly is this calculated? Do you happen to know? Uh, yes, I do. And um, mm-hmm. it's actually calculated um, by the cost of living. So mm-hmm. per month, it's about 861 euros. Mm-hmm. And what the German government has done is they've uh, seen all of the cities in Germany where students live. And uh, they've taken the rough average of how much students are giving out per month in terms of accommodation, food, going out, expenses, uh, transport. And um, they've come up to the amount of 861 euros per month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, yeah. Um, and um, as we mentioned um, already previously, um, housing is uh, the biggest chunk in your budget that you need to uh, take into consideration. Um, but we also have some good news uh, for, for you, um, which is uh, groceries. Um, what can you tell us about your experience uh, going to, to the groceries, shopping groceries in, in Germany? Can you get your <laughs> favorite ingredients as an Asian? And um, what kind of alternatives are there in Germany? Yes, you can. It's, it's quite easy to actually to find uh, almost every town that you live in or any small city or any big city for that matter. Uh, they tend to have an Asian supermarket or they even have mm-hmm. like a little Asia community as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can find your oyster sauce and you can find, uh, sometimes you can even find frozen durian. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we may have made this joke already, but <laughs> you can mm-hmm. find frozen durian in Germany. And the moment you open it up, people assume that, you know, there must be like chemical warfare going on in your unit. Biohazard. Uh, uh, yes, biohazard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, as a you know, as an Asian student in Germany, it's quite easy to find uh, these Asian ingredients. Even in the mm-hmm. major supermarkets like Kaufland or Aldi or anything, mm-hmm. uh, they also tend to have a special Asian week where you can find mm-hmm. discounted items uh, for the Asian cuisine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just mentioned Aldi. Uh, once again, we're not endorsing any of uh, of these uh, um, companies. Um, there are also others um, like like Penny or Lidl, mm-hmm. um, and they are um, so called discounter um, supermarkets. And um, the benefit for the customers is that they have very very competitive uh, prizes. What was your experience with uh, shopping groceries at these discounters? Oh, it was very good. It was very, very good. I think uh, especially with uh, places like Penny that you said just now. So they tend to be linked with the more uh, exclusive supermarkets as well. For example, Edeka. So mm-hmm. Edeka is linked with, um, I think it is Penny or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or a treff, and then you go in there and this is where you can find um, a carton of milk maybe for about 50 cents. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you can find um, a lot of the... Discounted I think we, items. we need to we need to speak in, in uh, Malaysian ringgit at the moment. So the oh, conversion yes. rate is one to five. So that would be a two ringgit fifty for one liter of milk, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know you can also find as a student it it really helps out a lot. You can find a lot of those comfort foods that you want. You know, like instant pasta that you need after a mm-hmm. night out. Uh, yeah. So they sell those as well with a powdered cheese, and you just have to heat it up over a stove. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go off to the bigger supermarkets, they tend to cost a bit more. But if you go off to these uh, discounter supermarkets, uh, yeah, it's probably about a quarter of the price or half the price of what you'd be normally be paying. Mm, absolutely right, yes. And since you as a student are already living a very unhealthy lifestyle, <laughs> these discounters uh, will help you actually to to 
take it even to another level, actually, in terms of your diet. <laughs> and, uh, as, as you mentioned correctly, yes, uh, the yeast discounters have have all the comforting food uh, that is easy, uh, very easy uh, for for anyone actually to to prepare. You put it in the oven, your your um, um, frozen pizza uh, or um, ready meals, uh, and you will find this. Um, but the, even the discounters, they also have uh, all the ingredients uh, that you're looking for in order to to um, prepare a proper meal. Mm. And you already mentioned previously, for instance. Oyster sauce is something that you will also find, not necessarily with the um, discounters, but uh, with the, um, the slightly more exclusive um, supermarkets, uh, grocery stores, where you can basically uh, can get uh, uh, a lot of ingredients from around the world. Exactly. Fantastic. Lovely. Um, yeah, I always like to give the example actually of uh, what chocolate costs in Germany. So very good quality chocolate we have in, in Germany. And um, so one bar of chocolate usually is below one euro. Uh, you will find Rittersport uh, or Milka for maybe uh, 50, 60, 80 cents, yeah. something like this. So um, that's um, uh, maybe uh, 40, uh, how, how much is it actually in, in ringgit? So it's about uh, four, four ringgit. ringgit some, yeah. Four ringgit, something like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so it's, it's uh, very affordable. And this very. also extends actually to, to all, the other, uh, all the other food that you're looking for. Uh, vegetables, for instance, uh, also very, very cheap meat. Yep. Meat is way too expensive. It should be should be uh, much more uh, costly actually for anyone to to consume meat. And uh, I don't want to get started actually of the price of beer because that once again <laughs> will bring me to tears. What I have to pay here in in Malaysia for uh, for one liter of beer compared to compared to uh, compared to Germany. So exactly. Yeah. Um, anyone who is um, interested in going to Germany uh, um, and uh, maybe doesn't doesn't have the means, what kind of um, scholarships do we have in place for for those who are looking for a financial aid in this matter? All right. So yes, yeah, so the DAD we have a number of scholarships available, especially for uh, master students onwards. Uh, mm -hmm. So for the master students here in Malaysia, we have something called the EPOS program. Uh, so that's E P O S. Uh, these are scholarship programs which are listed once a year uh, and every year it's actually uh, refreshed. So there's going to be different universities and uh, different courses to choose from. So all you have to do is just go onto our website uh, through the scholarship finder. And uh, I think even on our homepage, we have that scholarship finder and you can yes. click on that one. And uh, if you search for EPOS, uh, it will come out. And uh, there's a deadline. So because uh, the EPROS programs, uh, they're specifically catered towards developing nations, uh, there are a bunch of courses and also universities to choose from. And mm -hmm. each of these courses and universities, they will have a different uh, application deadline. So mm -hmm. you need to see on the PDF list, you know, when is application deadline for this course, at this university. And uh, then you can just apply directly to the university and tell them at the same time that you're also applying for the EPOS scholarship. Mm, yes, absolutely true. So yeah. EPOS is um, addressing um, topics that are related to sustainable development and to sustainability. And this is um, um, becoming a more and more important um, issue um, around the world. And uh, Germany in particular is, is taking this topic very, very serious. Um, because we have uh, quite a big population of more than 80 million living on the same territory like uh, Malaysia um, with the peninsula and uh, Sarawak and Sabah combined. Um, so we are uh, very concerned about uh, environment, um, environmental issues, and therefore we also um, focus on um, sustainability in particular uh, very, very strongly. So EPOS addressing um, uh, subjects related to um, sustainability and and um, are there any scholarships available for, for bachelor students? I suppose this is uh, quite a common question we get. Yes, it is. Uh, for bachelor students, unfortunately, from the DAD, not. Um, mm. we, we don't have any scholarships for the bachelor mm. students. However, if you are a high-performing student in Germany, let's say doing your first two semesters, uh, there's actually a very good scholarship you can apply for. It's called the Deutschlandstipendium, mm. or the Germany Scholarship. And uh, you have to inquire at the university how you can apply for that scholarship. But they will take a look at your grades and it is purely merit-based. So it's, it's an excellent scholarship. I think they give you something like uh, 
300 euros per month, somewhere around that. Th that's correct. That's absolutely correct. Um, the, the, the Deutschland Stipendium is an initiative uh, also by the uh, Ministry of Education in, in Germany. And the, the beauty of it is um, it's um, driven uh, both by the government and the industry. And uh, so um, companies also have an interest to be part of the Deutschland Stipendium because it allows them access to, uh, to the talents of a university. And by providing this scholarship, uh, what the companies get in return is to get in touch with those students uh, because um, a data privacy is uh, um, respected highly in, in Germany. The companies don't have any um, any access to, to the students and the uh, Deutschland Stipendium allows them to get in touch with uh, these uh, these students and therefore they are willing actually to participate in this uh, Deutschland Stipendium in order to start networking with uh, future talents uh, which they usually uh, bring in for for internships uh, and then also um, after graduation actually for for employment so Deutschland Stipendium a great opportunity for um, undergraduate students in Germany both for for German as well as for international students it's not limited to Germans only anyone who's enrolled at the university can apply for the Deutschland Stipendium exactly yes mm -hmm. um, let's say um, you as a student you don't get uh, you don't find a scholarship uh, while you're there um, what are the options in order to earn some extra uh, money at the site as a student are you allowed to work in Germany as a student Yes, you are. So as an international student in Germany, you can either work uh, 120 full days per year or 240 half days per year. So a half day is considered to be um, like a part-time job, you know, like working at the, at the cinema or the, the supermarket or working at a Thai restaurant, for example, like what I did. Uh, so as an international student in Germany, you can do quite a number of these odd jobs. Um, alternatively, what a lot of German students do um, is that they also do something called, uh, there's something called a Werkstudent. So as a Werkstudent, mm -hmm. you can actually work at a German company. For example, um, during the summer holidays, a lot of these German companies, a lot of their employees, they go off on holiday for about two or three weeks. And uh, there's not that many people there sustaining the company while they're gone. So they call in all of these university students and uh, you gain quite a bit of practical experience as well when you mm -hmm. work at these German companies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, so with your working visa, you are allowed, uh, uh, sorry, with your student visa, you're allowed to, to work in um, Germany. And uh, what happens after graduation? Um, what kind uh, What kind of uh, options do you have as a, as a graduating student? Uh, well, the moment you're done, uh, what's excellent about Germany, which I really liked, is that you they, you can then convert your student visa to a job-seeking visa. And you then have uh, 18 months or one and a half years to look for a job that's related to your field of study. And mm -hmm. so, for example, you know, for myself, um, I think it took me about two months after I graduated to mm -hmm. actually get an offer by two German companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, as an engineer, that's, uh, I think I got job offers a lot faster than some of my other colleagues uh, back mm -hmm. in Germany, yeah. Yeah, and uh, until today, actually, we, we have uh, um, still a, a strong demand for for skilled workforce, um, especially in engineering and um, I, in the IT sector. It's um, absolutely crazy. The the companies they can't find um, um, the graduates and the numbers actually they need for for skilled workforce. And um, in order to to make it attractive for international students to um, start living in Germany and to stay in Germany as a professional. Uh, the government has decided to um, allow graduating students to stay an, uh, an additional um, 18 months, one and a half years to um, try to find employment in Germany. And if you do so, um, you can stay as long as you like. And after a couple of years, you are even allowed then uh, to, um, to apply for citizenship, which uh, I think is a beautiful indication uh, what Germany understands as uh, being uh, an open society. So we want um, international students, we want international professionals, 
professionals to come to Germany and to become also Germans in, in the long run and be part of uh, the German society and the German economy. Because we still have uh, a very strong um, uh, production base in Germany, which is the backbone of, of the industry. And this is not limited only to, to the all these multinational companies you uh, usually know, like, like Bosch or Siemens. Um, but uh, the, the true backbone of uh, the German economy are the small and medium enterprises, which uh, make up uh, 96% of the German economy. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, lots of uh, hidden champions uh, you've never heard of because they are not um, uh, in uh, on the radar of consumers, but are rather B two B companies, and so they they provide um, parts to to other companies, and uh, but in their segment they are um, absolute champions. Okay, fantastic. I think we we covered it already. Uh, <laughs> yes, most of it um, uh, quite extensively. So with this, we come to our segment: fun facts about Germany, true or false. It's. Would yeah. you like to start, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I think I'll start off first this time. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so if you were in space and you looked down into the city of Berlin uh, by satellite, let's say. Um, how would you distinguish East and West Berlin? Aha. Uh -huh. So you assume that I'm riding <laughs> on a satellite uh, with, with my spacesuit on and my eyesight is excellent as an astronaut that I can see uh, East and West Berlin uh, well, let's quite say, easily from up there. Yeah. Well, let's say that you were just to, you know, use Google Maps, for example. How would you... <laughs> Distinguish. No, 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 no. I'm I'm on the ISS, and I've I've brought uh, along my my uh, extra strong binoculars, and I can look down. And uh, today, actually, Berlin is not covered under clouds. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And then I can um, I can distinguish uh, East and West Berlin by uh, from from space. Uh, of course, uh, saying uh, um, East Berlin, of course, is in the east is <laughs> not the sufficient answer. I suppose you're looking for, um, but we've got the the Alex in, in East Berlin, so the uh, uh, the tower, um, uh, the communication towers in in East Berlin, uh, and that should give it away. It's not the zoo. Uh, because uh, we've got uh, Berlin is the only city uh, I think around the world which has got uh, uh, two uh, zoos, and this is mm. because of the uh, also the uh, the historical pasts uh, that we had two Berlins, West and East Berlin, and both wanted to have their own zoo. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, the Alex, uh, the the communication tower. Well, it's, it's it's probably right, but uh, the, the answer I have here is uh -huh. uh, the wonderful thing about Germany is that when it was split into East and West uh, Berlin, uh, the night lamps which you use in the streets were actually of different color. So even up to this day, when you look at satellite or the night picture of Berlin, uh -huh. one side uses, so East Berlin uses uh, the dark yellow type of a night lamp for the streetlights. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas West Berlin, they tend to use a, a lot brighter color. So it's a, a lot more like a, a light, um, what's it called? Uh, daylight, not daylight. It's uh, the blue light. A oh, blue of, light, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. In your question, you didn't mention that I'm looking uh, <laughs> at Berlin during the nighttime. In my in my head, I was I was staring at Germany during the daytime. Uh, yes. Berlin. Okay. 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 Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, another aspect, actually, uh, after re reunification, uh, of course, we had uh, two uh, different uh, political systems previously, but also uh, different uh, cultural systems uh, in uh, which uh, had their impact on, on the daily life. And one thing that uh, we took over from from uh, East Germany is uh, the uh, so-called Ampelmännchen, which is uh, <laughs> for the traffic light, uh, the symbol uh, when you're allowed to go, and uh, that was adopted from. Uh, from from East Germany, or another aspect I can still remember is uh, in in Germany after the reunification, uh, West Germany adopted from from East Germany that you are allowed to turn right at a red 
traffic light. Previously in, mm. in West Germany, when the traffic light is red, you are not allowed to cross it. And unlike here in Malaysia, there's no can-can <laughs> and yes, let's bend the rules. If you dare to cross a red traffic light in Germany, my goodness, you'll be fined like crazy <laughs> and uh, you will receive um, penalty points. And if you accumulate too many penalty points, then um, your driving license will be revoked and you can get back only after a tedious process mm. where you also need to prove that you are completely sane yep. or at least you pretend to be sane um, <laughs> and fit to to drive a car so this is something uh, germany is taking very seriously exactly so never cross a red traffic lights uh it's uh, highly um fine and uh, yeah okay so uh, different different uh, uh, streetlights, uh, colors of different streetlights in mm -hmm. East and, and West Germany. Thank yes. you very much. I didn't know that. Mm, yeah, neither did Beautiful. I until <laughs> recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's here's my statement mm -hmm. for you to figure out whether it's uh, true, true or false. Um, false, sorry. The death penalty is forbidden in Germany. Is that true or is it false? Ooh, I know Germany cares very much about human rights. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, I'm leaning more towards saying that it's true, that it's not allowed in Germany. Um, at the same time, this might be some archaic rule which they forgot to amend. But I'm going to, I'm going to say it's true. You're not allowed to. The death penalty is not allowed in Germany. Mm, you were already wandering in the right direction. Of course, um, we hold uh, human rights uh, highly in in, in Germany, um, and uh, you already mentioned some some archaic rules. Uh, so, in general, of course, the death penalty is forbidden in Germany. Um, but in one state, um, it is still um, in it's it's not practice, but it's ah. uh, still part of rules, which is in the state of Hessen. Uh, but the last execution was conducted in the fifties, so. Um, they uh, it's just a residue in in mm. um in the laws of, in the state of hessen and for some reason um they haven't um uh, abandoned it entirely i i, I don't really know exa exactly why yeah. so it, just, just in one state is, <laughs> um uh the death penalty is still um um in place but not uh, um not executed anymore Interesting. Okay, okay. So that's that's what yeah i also didn't know that uh, <laughs> until i i did this a uh, little bit of research mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So mine now. Um, if a loved one or a family member, yeah, if they were to be, you know, if they were to pass away and they were to be cremated, are you allowed to keep their mm -hmm. remains with you in your house? True or false? <laughs> Uh, this one I, I happen to know. No, you're not allowed actually to, to keep their ashes, like you've seen it already in so many American movies, where um, where the uh, the remainings of your loved ones are kept uh, uh, actually in your living room. Which one is it? Uh, which, I think it's meet. Uh, was it meet the? Uh, yeah, with Ben Stiller. Meet right? the parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he knocks over the, <laughs> the ashes off of the grandmother. Yes, no, that, that's absolutely not allowed in Germany. Uh, there are many rules um, in regards to um, uh, burial rites and, and this uh, ceremony and everything. Um, and it's uh, quite a costly um, endeavor. Um, and you are not allowed to uh, to keep the remainings with you. Is that true or false? That's you're right, Brian. Um, mm. Most of Germany still does not allow it. There's actually something mm -hmm. called the Friedhofszwang, or mm -hmm. crematorian uh, obligation. Obligation, like yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's only one. I think there's only one state in Germany now which officially allows you to take the remains home or the ashes home. And mm -hmm. you can actually spread them into your garden or into the ocean, as mm -hmm. long as uh, they do not get into your neighbor's uh, area. <laughs> so if you mm -hmm. were to do it at home, uh, as long as you you spread it in your own garden and they don't, uh, the wind doesn't blow it over to your neighbor's <laughs> house, then it's fine. <laughs> Otherwise, you would be fined again, actually, or brought to to a court by your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Neighborhood is also a topic in itself, actually, when it comes to when it comes to Germany. Oh, very interesting. Um, but, but Germany is, is um, widening uh, the um, your your um, options um, uh, after uh, 
um, after your death, actually. And um, just coming to mind now, for instance, um, if you uh, if you are very much inclined with nature, then for instance, uh, you could be uh, buried um, without any tombstone in a forest, and uh, why? Because you consider yourself actually to be in a cycle in um, uh, in nature, and you want to give your energy back to to the nature and and nurture, for instance, a tree. So there are hmm. various options uh, that you can uh, take um, and uh, postulate in your testament, um, uh, in your will, to to make sure that you're buried the way you want to be buried, according to your beliefs. And because we have many beliefs in Germany, um, uh, we also try to, to make it possible, actually, for um, anyone uh, to be uh, to leave this world um, as they uh, each uh, want. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> the next one, uh, since we already mentioned uh, beer prices in Germany and uh, how, how cheap it is uh, to drink beer, and uh, since we're also um, hosting uh, the biggest beer festival in the world with the Oktoberfest, uh, it's related to beer consumption. Mm -hmm. Okay, the statement is beer consumption is allowed everywhere in Germany. Is that true or false? Beer consumption is allowed everywhere in Germany. Huh. Everywhere. I'd say true. Must be true, right? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I mean... <clears throat> how, how could you restrict beer consumption for a beer-loving nation like Germany? Exactly. I mean, uh, my, my gut is saying it's false because obviously there must be some places where you cannot. Uh, <laughs> but I have a feeling that there's nothing that outrightly <laughs> says that it's illegal uh, not to drink it in places. So I'm going to say that it's uh, you're allowed to drink everywhere in Germany. I say it's uh, true. You, you were already on the right path. Oh, um, <laughs> it's false. Um, um, so there, there are... Uh, um, uh, very few areas actually where it's um, uh, not allowed to drink alcohol, which is uh, public transportation. So you're not uh, supposed to drink uh, beer or alcohol in general on public transportation. But at the same time, it's uh, for some reason it's tolerated because we are a, a beer loving nation. I can still remember my good old student days in Cologne. And um, if you took the last um, uh, subway train getting uh, back to your fiddle, to your quarters, um, then um, everybody was was holding a beer bottle actually in their hands, uh, mm. and there was no possibility actually for any law enforcement to really enforce this rule. But in general, um, uh, um, drinking uh, on uh, on the train or in the bus is uh, is usually it's forbidden. But mm. it's on, at the same time, it's also uh, um, depends on the context and whether it's really enforced or not. So um, compared to Singapore. Um, in some areas, we're not as strong in terms of enforcement, uh, uh, but in others, we are. <laughs> Interesting. So these are the things. <laughs> these are the things you need to figure out when you're in in Germany as a student and uh, pay pay attention what your fellow students are doing, and then ask uh, before um, whether this is really legal or not. Otherwise, you could uh, come uh, get in trouble. Uh, for instance, uh, things you really need to be care uh, careful about is. Um, um, downloading illegal movies or oh, yes. uh, available on the internet peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, on uh, torrent sites. Um, this is highly uh, fined and uh, there are um, uh, law companies which have um, specialized in this matter and they mm. will find you and they will fine you and it's going to be very painful for you. So better yeah. take care of this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Next one's to you. Okay, next one's to me. All right. Um, the word Germany. When was the word Germany first used? Was it in the... Um, let me see what I have here. It Was it uh, in 50 BC? Was it in 300 AD? Or was it in 1500s AD? Um... 
my goodness, I hope my students don't uh, listen uh, to me now because I've been teaching historical development of the German language. I know that um, uh, the word German um, is a compound and can be translated as something like uh, the, the screaming neighbors and uh, is uh, derived actually from, from the Celtic uh, language or, or the Irish uh, language. And... Um, But, uh, yeah, I didn't look into when it was used for the first time. I suppose um, it was mentioned uh, for the first time also by uh, Julius Caesar in uh, in his work, I assume now, um, in his work, uh, the, um, what, what is, it, what is the uh, book called? Uh, the Gallische Krieg. Uh, the, I don't know the, the Italic, uh, mm. the Italic uh, title now exactly. Uh, Bellum, uh, not Bellum Greco, Bellum. Uh, Galica, maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, oh, what's your answer? <laughs> Is it the, by Julius Caesar back then, or <laughs> uh, so that that must be? Uh, um, what was the first option? It was uh, 30 BC. 30 BC. Yeah. Uh, yes, 30 BC. I go for 30 BC. Okay. Well, the first time the word Germany was actually used was in 1520 AD by the oh, English. Seriously? Yes. Really? Before okay. that, so okay. I think what you're going for is Germanium uh, yeah, or Germanium. Yes. 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 Um, so, of course, uh, you're right about the Celtics uh, translating mm -hmm. uh, uh, Germany into screaming neighbors or something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, But the word Germany itself with the Y at the end. Oh, uh, yep. I see. By the English okay. in 1520. And uh, before that, uh, they used the word Aleman, just like the French did. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but they used uh, the word Germany because eventually they wanted to call them uh, Dutch. Uh, but Dutch was already taken. So then to avoid confusion, they called uh, German uh, Germany. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I should have paid a little bit um, better attention to, to your question. So when was the word Germany used for the first time, right? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Fantastic. Okay, good. Maybe one more uh, yep. to go. And I mm -hmm. suppose the last one is going to be uh, quite easy for you. Um, even though you are um, um, a devoted Muslim and, of course, you don't drink any alcohol, but uh, the, the, you lived there and, and you knew exactly what was going on around you. Mm -hmm. um, so the statement is, you are allowed to start drinking alcohol with your uh, 16th birthday. Is that true or false? Your 16th birthday. So, with the age of 16, you are allowed uh, to start uh, drinking uh, not all kind of um, alcoholic beverages, mm -hmm. only um, beer and wine, uh, but not spirits uh, like like whiskey or um, yes. mm -hmm, gin or something like this. Mm. I think it's actually a bit earlier than that. You think it's earlier than that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I would say false to your statement because uh -huh. I think it's it's a little bit earlier. I've I've heard of this rule before. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you say is the age uh, where you can start drinking alcohol? Uh, I think it's 15. In Germany. I think it's 15, 15. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's actually true. Oh, uh, I I, 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 <laughs> doesn't, no worries. Yes. Um, so uh, you, you are allowed actually to start drinking uh, um, lower promote alcohol, um, beer and, and wine with the age of 16. And when you're 18, uh, you're free to do whatever you like in uh, This, this regard oh. and uh, so yeah so the statement is is true and um, yeah uh, <laughs> this also indicates actually that we are be a, a loving nation uh, that we allow also um, teenagers to to already start drinking alcohol which some uh, individuals uh, then also do to quite an excessive uh, um, uh, way and uh, yeah that's supposed to be then a teenage culture And uh, but we think that the individual we we are convinced that the individual needs to uh, be able actually to make his uh, own her own decisions at, also mm. at an early age and to be to be responsible also in these matters in these uh, tempting matters. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. With this, we have concluded our segment: fun facts about Germany, true or false. And uh, it was quite enlightening once again, also this week. So thank you very much for, for the statements you brought along or the questions you brought along. Yep. We'll and be thank exciting. you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> It will be exciting actually to see what's, uh, how we challenge each other next week. Um, next week, our topic um, will be um, how to make it in Germany. So mm -hmm. uh, previously we talked about uh, why education in Germany is for free, why to study in Germany, how to make it to Germany, um, how to find uh, the right uh, university and the right university, uh, the right city. 
Um, today we discussed how to uh, how much does it cost, and next week we will discuss um, how to make it in Germany, meaning how to survive um, in uh, in Germany in particular with your fellow German students uh, in your daily life and so forth. So if you haven't heard any of um, our uh, previous podcasts, feel free to to um, listen to them. They all available. Um, on the, the usual platforms um, and uh, in each one we also have the segment we, we just did now fun facts about Germany true or false so we consider them all to be worth uh, listening <laughs> to and we thank you all very much for listening for t- to today and uh, we'll, uh, we're looking forward to welcome you to our next episode next week yes thank you so mm-hmm. much for listening in and um, if you have um, any further questions uh, feel free to come to our website uh, um, dad-malaysia.org where you can find all the information we've been discussing uh, today and much much more and if you um, get uh, informed about um, scholarship um, opportunities um, feel free to subscribe to our newsletter, which is uh, all um, issued um, every uh, first uh, uh, Wednesday of each uh, month, where we uh, not only um, um, speak about um, scholarship opportunities, but also about uh, career options in Germany, the latest news from from uh, research conducted in, in Germany. Uh, we also tap uh, culture, uh, cultural aspects uh, in our newsletter and we'll inform you about all the information sessions that we uh, provide. Uh, maybe it's um, last mm-hmm. remarks about the information sessions that we offer? Yes, uh, so every month we actually offer uh, six uh, information ses- uh, sessions. So for bachelors, masters and PhD, we offer them uh, twice monthly, once in the morning and once in the afternoon. And if you sign up for the morning sessions, it's with myself. And if you sign up within the afternoon sessions, that is with my colleague uh, Nadira Zober. Fantastic. Yes. yes. And with this, uh, thank you once uh, once again very much. And I hope to hear you next week. Yep. See you then, Ryan. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.